RTHK News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, the Christian Council calls on churches to implement policies to curb sexual harassment. Legislators are being asked to consider more rule changes to deal with lawmakers who misbehave in LegCo. And traffic heading for the airport is back to normal after a spate of accidents in this morning's rush hour. The Hong Kong Christian Council has urged local churches to come up with their own policies against sexual harassment after its latest study showed there were 55 sexual assault incidents in the local church community, half of which were allegedly committed by pastors or church leaders. The council's assistant executive secretary, Jessica Tso, says churches should give members a safe place to worship and a sexual harassment policy would help them achieve that. We think that the policy can have the education aspect that promise that the churches should regularly provide sexual harassment workshop in their own churches. So, uh, and then also because the church actually got the uh, legal responsibility because the uh, victims not only can sue the uh, prosecutor but also the whole church because the church didn't provide the uh, safe uh, places for them to uh, like worship. So, uh, this is also the church need to base. The executive director of the Rain Lily Rape Crisis Centre has advised churchgoers who've been victims of sexual assault to seek help from them or other support groups and not from their own church. Linda Wong says the attitude taken by churches on sexual assault is not correct as it often blames the problems on interpersonal skills and any investigations carried out by the church may involve a conflict of interest. Ms Wong said over the past 17 years they've received 50 allegations of sexual assault at churches in Hong Kong. She says the figure is not big when compared to the number of sexual assault cases at the workplace or in school. But Ms Wong believes the figure is just the tip of the iceberg. Sometimes I think the church maybe uh, have some conflict of interest, usually because when they try to investigate the cases, they will designate some uh, very um, respectable person, but maybe that person uh, have a very good relationship with the perpetrator. And so I really hope that victims really come out to seek help, not only because that uh, they need to stop sexual harassment, they need to uh, protect their own self, but also protect other members of the church. The Appeal Board on Public Meetings and Processions is hearing an application by the organiser of the July the 1st March over a dispute with the police over the starting point of the annual march. The organiser wanted to begin the procession on East Point Road in Causeway Bay, but this was rejected by the police. The force had counter-suggested that the march start from the central lawn at Victoria Park. Speaking before the hearing, Alnock Hin from the Civil Human Rights Front said he's not optimistic about the outcome. Lawmakers are considering changes to LegCo's rulebook again, this time to impose stronger punishments on unruly legislators who are kicked out of meetings. The chairman of LegCo's Committee on Rules of Procedure, Paul Thayer, says all lawmakers will be consulted during their summer break, whether they should adopt practices seen in foreign legislatures. These include imposing a penalty or even barring those lawmakers from attending meetings for one year or longer for repeated ejections. He says chaos in LegCo hasn't stopped, even after anti-filibustering rule changes were imposed. And some think it's time to look into more ways to maintain order. At the moment, we're trying to establish some way forward to, uh, in order to allow us more options to deal with uh, members' misconduct. In the uh, parliament, they've examined, except the uh, German uh, parliament, except for the uh, South African parliament, all the other parliaments where they impose sanctions on members, normally that would require a motion by members to be passed in parliament. So in that sense, there will be a far better protection for those uh, minority interests in parliament. Then at the moment, uh, we just have to rely on the uh, decision of one member, which is the president himself. 
But Civic Party lawmaker Dennis Kwok says the pro-democracy camp opposes the changes in principle, saying the LegCo president already has a lot of power. He says the pro-establishment camp is taking advantage of the opposition's minority in the council. There are no country in the world, or at least no, no democratic countries to speak of, that would suspend a member of parliament for up to one year with no end in sight. And that is, in my view, an alternative way to disqualified members. And I think that is fundamentally wrong and unnecessary. If you want to talk about how to carry out the functions of the Legislative Council in a more effective way, we are more than happy to engage in that conversation. But any sort of draconian penalty are unnecessary and is obviously a power grab by the pro-establishment. Traffic on Lanto Island heading to the airport has returned to normal after four separate accidents forced the closure of one of the lanes. The transport department said the slow lane of North Lantau Highway airport bound near Kapsoimun Bridge was closed earlier to traffic. Eleven vehicles were involved in the accidents and one person was injured. The Development Bureau says it wants to hire a consultant to suggest ways to enhance visitor experience at the Chimsa Choi and Taikok Choi harbour fronts. It said the consultant should propose themes for the two areas to highlight local characteristics. There should also be suggestions on how to improve accessibility, such as improved signage or extra street facilities. The Harbourfront Commission will discuss the proposal today. Mainland anti-drug officials say they arrested around 190 people from Hong Kong, Macau and Taiwan last year in joint operations with their counterparts, seizing 7.3 tonnes of drugs. The National Narcotics Control Commission also reported more than 100,000 drug smuggling cases last year, with the seizure of 50 tonnes of drugs. Officials said there was an increase in cocaine trafficking cases and they found drug dealers in South America were hoarding narcotics in places such as Guangdong before smuggling them into Hong Kong, Australia and New Zealand. President Trump has called for illegal immigrants to the United States to be deported immediately with no judges or court cases. The BBC's Chris Buckler reports. A public outcry over migrant children being separated from their parents forced Donald Trump to soften his immigration policy. But since then, in a series of speeches, he has called for tougher laws and claimed America's current legislation is laughed at by the rest of the world. His latest comments on Twitter go even further. He says that everyone found illegally trying to cross the border should be returned to their own country immediately without involving judges or holding court cases. Political opponents will be furious that that's even being suggested. But President Trump clearly believes his supporters back his hardline stance. Meanwhile, a number of celebrities have visited the town of Toynillo in Texas at the US border with Mexico to protest against separation of migrant children from their parents. Stars including Amber Heard, Lena Dunham and Mira Sorvino said they had come to show their solidarity with the families. The Italian Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte says he's decidedly satisfied with the outcome of an informal summit on migration held by 16 EU leaders in Brussels. Here's the BBC's Kevin Connolly. The new Italian Prime Minister, Giuseppe Conte, who feels his government has a mandate to demand an easing of the pressure on Italy, emerged claiming a kind of victory. He presented a package of proposals to the meeting, and in a tweet afterwards, he said Italy had pushed the ongoing debate in the right direction. The test of whether there's really a new mood of determination on migration will come at an EU summit later in the week. 
The chief of Indonesia's National Search and Rescue Agency says it's identified the location of a ferry that sunk in a deep volcanic crater lake a week ago with some 200 people aboard. In a television interview, Saya Ugi said Indonesia needed international help to recover the wreckage. An earlier statement had said an object that was possibly the ferry was at a depth of 490 metres. More than 180 people are presumed drowned after the overcrowded ferry sank in rough weather. Flash floods and landslides triggered by heavy rains have killed at least seven people and left 12 others missing in northern Vietnam. In the worst-hit province of Lai Chau, the local government said it was mobilising forces to search for the missing. Heavy rains are forecast for the next two days. In Turkey, Recep Tayyip Erdogan has won a second term as president after a tight contest against the opposition. He secured nearly 53% of the vote, avoiding the need for a second round runoff, while his AK party was set for an overall majority in parliament. His main challenger, Muharrem Ince, reportedly accepted defeat. The BBC's Mark Lowen is in Istanbul. Amidst the joy that erupted from Erdogan's supporters in Istanbul, there was relief too. Polls had suggested he would struggle to win this election in the first round and that he could lose his parliamentary majority. He'll now adopt sweeping new powers, abolishing the post of prime minister and weakening parliament. The opposition had hoped for so much more. With a charismatic candidate in Muharrem Ince, they felt the side of Turkey that loathes the president's authoritarianism would finally show its strength. Turkey is now an autocracy with a democratic facade. Federal agents in Mexico have detained the whole police force of the town of Ocampo on suspicion of involvement in the murder of a candidate to become mayor. The BBC's Leonardo Rocha reports. Mr. Angeles was shot dead by an unknown gunman on Thursday outside one of his properties. The head of local police was accused of collusion in the murder. When Mexican federal agents arrived in the town of Ocampo on Saturday to detain him, they were stopped by local police officers. They returned with reinforcements on Sunday morning and arrested everyone. The town's 27 police officers and their boss were handcuffed and taken for questioning in the state capital, Morelia. Prosecutors say they have links with organized crime in the state of Michoacan. Nigeria's President Mohamedou Buhari has called for calm after police said 86 people had been killed in communal violence in northern Plateau State. The BBC's Stephanie Hegarty is in Lagos. In Nigeria's central region, settled farming communities and nomadic cattle herders often clash, usually over access to land and grazing rights. Farmers complain that cattle wander onto their farms and destroy their crops, while herdsmen say that farmers attack and kill cattle in retaliation. But these tit-for-tat clashes have erupted into intercommunal warfare, killing thousands in the last year. This region, where the Muslim North meets the Christian South, is prone to religious tension. Herders are ethnic Fulani and mostly Muslim, while the farmers are mostly Christian. To business news, a mainland company that offers everything from online food delivery to ticketing services, Meituan Dianping, is reportedly aiming to raise more than four billion US dollars from a first-time Hong Kong listing. The company is said to have filed its listing application with the regulator. The firm, backed by internet giant Tencent, is likely to list in October. The filing comes as mainland smartphone maker Xiaomi is taking orders from retail investors for its blockbuster 6.1 billion US dollar listing, the biggest tech-related listing worldwide since Alibaba's record-breaking 25 billion US dollars in 2014. 
A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 29,227. That's 116 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $48 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.5 yen, the euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 16 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 40 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Adam Jung. We start with football. England's emphatic 6-1 victory over Panama last night has their fans dreaming of lifting the World Cup. Harry Kane became the third England player to score a World Cup hat-trick. He succeeds Gary Lineker and Jeff Hurst, who scored three in England's last World Cup win in 1966. Here's their former captain, Alan Shearer. I said on Monday evening, for some players, this tournament could be life-changing. You come into the tournament as Harry Kane. If he goes away, Harry Kane, World Cup, Golden Boot winner. That's that's life-changing for for someone. And when goals are going in off the back of your heel, then you know you've got a chance. England joined Belgium in progressing to the last 16 from Group G. They'll play each other on Thursday to see who wins the group. Japan have gone top of Group H after a 2-2 draw with Senegal. Japan twice came from behind with Takashi Inui and Keisuke Honda providing the goals. RTHK's Chris Lau says Japan's performance has lifted the expectation of their fans. Japan have confounded their own expectations because of the change of formation before the game. But they've done well. Japan and Senegal played out a thrilling 2-2 draw in Group H. Group H is now one of the most open groups, and this is a hard-fought game from both sides. Both Senegal and Japan are displaying the best of African and Asian football, respectively. This game could have swung both ways, and Japan will probably rule some missed chances because they had tons of chances to win the game, and if they don't make it out of this group, then they'll be very disappointed. Colombia knocked Poland out with a 3-0 win. That keeps alive their hopes of making the last 16. Japan will play Poland in their final game, needing just a point. Colombia will need to be Senegal in order to progress. Away from football now. Lewis Hamilton has regained the lead in Formula One's Drivers' Championship with victory from pole position at the French Grand Prix. Hamilton's Mercedes finish ahead of Rebels' Max Verstappen with Kimi Raikkonen third for Ferrari. Sebastian Vettel recovered to finish fifth after his Ferrari ran into Hamilton's teammate Valtteri Bottas at the first corner. Details from the BBC's Jack Nichols. Hamilton dominated in the end after the two men that could have stopped him, teammate Valtteri Bottas and title rival Sebastian Vettel, wiped each other out at the first corner. The stewards decided Vettel was to blame. He was handed a time penalty, but still managed to finish in fifth place. But Hamilton, therefore, extends his championship lead to 14 points because Verstappen in second and Raikkonen in third could come nowhere near to stopping Hamilton. England's cricketers have recorded their first 5-0 whitewash over Australia after victory in the fifth one-day international in Manchester. Chasing only 206, England were able to win by one wicket with nine balls to spare. Joss Butler led the way by scoring 110 for his sixth ODI century. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. To end the news, the top stories once again. The Christian Council calls on churches to implement policies to curb sexual harassment. And legislators are being asked to consider more rule changes to deal with lawmakers who misbehave in LegCo. The news from RTHK. An international station for an international city. This is Radio 3. I was busy thinking about boys.